Welcome to the Countries for Kids podcast from Case of Adventure. I'm Karen and I'm so glad you're here with me. I'm going to read you some more of Cuckoo Clock Secrets in Switzerland. The Cuckoo Clock Secrets book is part of our Switzerland adventure book. To find out more, go to caseofadventure.com. Our England adventure book is nearly here. The story is called Undercover Enterprise in England. In it, the children are called upon by their good friend Ian Weems, the Earl from Scotland Adventure, and they're asked to help solve the mystery of the sabotage threats at the BBC. So look out for England Adventure coming soon. Now sit back, relax, and join Ren, Rome, Jake, Libby, and Tiffany in their adventures in Switzerland. On Saturday, the Gray family were packed and ready for their adventure. They were sad to leave Granny and Grandad, and gave them big hugs, as well as promises to write and to visit again soon. Then they set off for Cape Town International Airport. Once they were inside the terminal building, Dad pushed a luggage trolley piled high with three suitcases on wheels, four backpacks and a snack bag. Mom pushed Tiffany along in the stroller with Dad's laptop and warm jacket stowed safely underneath. Wren thought about how each traveller rushing through the airport was on a journey into an unfamiliar world. Today, she thought, we're in Cape Town, but tomorrow we'll be in a strange country on an entirely different continent. This is the first boarding call for Air Switzerland Flight 1130 to Zurich, Switzerland. Now boarding at gate F4, came the voice over the airport public address system. Please make your way to the gate and have your boarding pass and passport ready for inspection. Thank you. The family stood in line to board the plane. Dad held the passports and boarding passes in his hand. When they were all settled with their seatbelts buckled, they examined everything while they waited for the plane to take off. Each person had a tray table that folded down from the seat in front of them. Above the table, also on the back of each seat, was a small television screen where you could watch movies and look at travel maps. Above the children's heads, fasten your seatbelt and no smoking signs were lit up. There was also a fan and a reading light that could be switched on and off from the controls in each armrest. There was a pocket in the seat back in front of them which contained a flight procedure safety card and a brown paper bag. What's the bag for again? asked Jake. That's for if you feel airsick and want to throw up, replied Mum. There was also a thin blanket and small pillow on each seat and a pack with a tiny Air Switzerland toothbrush and toothpaste, plus a sleep mask to cover your eyes in the night. The air hostess gave the children each an Air Switzerland colouring book with a small box of crayons. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your Captain Hans Schmidt speaking. We welcome you to the Air Switzerland Flight 1130 to Zurich. Our flying time will be approximately 11 hours, came the voice over the intercom. It was repeated in German. Meine Damen und Herren, Die spricht ihr Kapitän Hans Schmidt. Hermit begrüßen Sie Ihren Flug nach Zürich mit Flug Air Switzerland 11.30. Unsere Flug seit ungefähr elf Stunden betragen. The plane taxied to the runway and then all of a sudden accelerated and took off. 
The children hardly felt the moment when the wheels left the ground, but they were pushed back hard into their seats by the sudden force created by the accelerating plane. Looking out the window, they could see the city spread out below. The sun was setting and lights were starting to come on. For the next hour, the children read their books or watched updates of the plane's progress on the screens in front of them. The flight attendants brought out trolleys of food and began to serve dinner. Mom showed the children how to lower their tray tables, ready for the meal. Chicken or beef, sir? The flight steward asked Jake with a smile. Jake giggled at the sir and replied, Chicken, please. They each got to choose between chicken and beef for their main meal. The hot meal came covered with an aluminium lid with the words, Enjoy your meal. Gun appetit. Bon appetit. Buon appetito. Bon appetit. Printed on it. These words were printed in the five languages that are spoken in Switzerland. On each tray was also a dinner roll, a green salad with sunflower seeds and French vinaigrette, a little tray with butter, jam and cheese, and a small baked custard for dessert. Each item was attractively wrapped in its own special compartment on the tray. There was also a small bar of chocolate wrapped in red and silver paper with the words, Thank you for flying Swiss, printed on it. Trays were cleared away and then everyone got out their blankets and pillows and settled down for a good night's sleep. It felt funny to be sitting up and going to sleep, but even that was forgotten as the gentle hum of the plane lulled them into dreamland. The plane sailed over the continent of Africa and then crossed the ocean towards Europe, carrying its passengers with it. Before they knew it, it was morning and the plane had landed and was taxiing towards the terminal building in the snow-covered city of Zurich, Switzerland. International Discovery Agents, this is your mission. Find out where cuckoo clocks were first made. Make a sundial outdoors by poking a stick into the ground and marking where the shadow falls each hour. Chapter 2. Zurich to Kranz Montanar. The early morning sunlight reflected off the snow surrounding the airport and everything appeared pristine with its white blanket. The Gray family took a bus to the airport terminal in Zurich. They stood in line to go through immigration and to have their passports and visas checked. They waited at the luggage carousel for their bags. All their backpacks were secured with red luggage straps with the name Grey printed on them. This made them much easier to spot. After they had collected all their articles of luggage, the family moved out into the main part of the airport. Dad went up to a foreign exchange window to exchange some money. The children all crowded around to take a look as he handed the teller some traveller's checks. Switzerland has its own money called Swiss francs. They don't use euros like the rest of Europe. Each country's money has a different value and can buy a different amount of Swiss francs. One American dollar right now can buy 0.96 Swiss francs, said Dad. Wren looked with interest at the exchange rates displayed there. That's just less than a Swiss franc. Yes, replied Dad, dollars and Swiss francs are worth about the same. 
The teller handed Dad a pile of colourful Swiss francs. The children fingered the Swiss money with interest while Dad showed them the writing on the money in the different languages of French, German, Italian and Romansch. We landed in the German part of Switzerland in Zurich, Dad told them. Now we will be travelling across Switzerland by train to the French side. We will be doing a lot of train travel while we're here, he continued, so we had best get used to it. Where are we staying, Dad? inquired Wren when they were all settled in the comfortable, elegant red and white seats of the Swiss train. We'll be staying at Kranz Montenar for the first two nights. It's a quaint little town on top of a mountain, so there will be lots of snow. We'll be going up by Funicular, which is a train that is pulled up and inclined by a cable. Here in Switzerland, we are going to experience cog trains, funiculars, gondolas, and chairlifts. I'm going to make snow angels, exclaimed Libby. I'm going to roll down a snowy slope, said Jake, grinning. I'm going to try a cheese fondue, put in Mum. And I'm going to eat some Swiss chocolate, added Rome. Dad laughed. Hmm, I guess I'll be solving this mystery on my own. His laughter was soon drowned out by the children's protests. No, Dad, us too. Of course we'll be doing that. We didn't mean... Dad grinned at them. After that, we'll be staying in various places like Zermatt, Bern and Geneva, where I have to go to my company's office. Since they'd had an early breakfast at 11.30am, the family headed through to the dining car on the train for lunch. The children were very excited to eat a meal on the train. The tables in the dining car were set with lovely tablecloths, just like in a fancy restaurant. There were flowers in vases on each table, but the vases were fastened to the wall so that they would not topple over if the train jerked. The family sat down and looked at menus which turned out to be written in German and were rather difficult to decipher. Even the parts that Dad was able to translate into English left them wondering what they would be eating. There was an enticing display of pastry tarts and quiches in the middle of the dining car, and the children opted to choose from this. Food you can see, said Wren, sounds safer than ordering from the menu where I don't know what anything is. Mom and Dad ordered raclette. A large half-wheel of cheese is melted under a grill and portions are scraped off onto the plates to be eaten with baby potatoes, pickled onions and gherkins. You guys will have to get more adventurous, smiled Dad, enjoying the unusual food. A little later, the train arrived in Sierra and the family collected all their belongings and disembarked onto the platform. Wren breathed in the fresh mountain air and as she looked around her, her main impressions were of red trains and white snow. Lots of it. A friendly porter in a red jacket came over with his luggage cart. He didn't speak much English, but with the help of a few hand signals and some odd French words from Dad, he escorted them over the road to the funicular station, which would take them up the mountain to the town of Crans Montanar. I had better buy a few things for our dinner before we go up, said Mum. I'm not sure what shops will be open up there. The others remained with Dad at the funicular while Mum and Libby walked across the road to a Swiss bakery where they bought some delicious-looking pastries, rolls and Emmentaler cheese for the family to munch on. They rejoined the others and boarded the strange-shaped train that would take them up the mountain. The train is made like a staircase, said Dad. Each part is on a different level. The funicular glided smoothly into motion and the journey up the side of the mountain began. The children were enthralled with the movement and the view. They peered at the snowy slopes from the window at the lower end of the funicular. It was a very strange feeling going up the mountain backwards. 
The snow is already getting much thicker, said Dad. This mountain is very high. Are we going to sleep up in the snow? asked Libby in surprise. Well, there is a hotel up there, if that's what you're wondering, smiled Mom in amusement. It's such a different world, exclaimed Wren. The snow seemed to cover everything in sight. It's stunningly beautiful. I can't believe it's real. I love the way the snow piles up on the tree branches, said Mom. The journey up the mountain was 12 minutes long. About halfway up the mountain, the track widened and split into two for the second funicular to pass them on its descent to the base station. Phew, said Wren. That felt close. I thought we'd hit the other train. Nope, said Rome. We were miles away. Not quite miles, laughed Wren. As they got higher up the mountain, the number of fir trees increased, and you could see far down into the valley, with wooden chalets dotted about on the mountainside, and the beautiful snow-covered alps towering over the valley in the background. Wren was amazed at how smoothly the funicular went up the hill, making hardly a sound at all. They pulled into the station at Cran's Montanar, and the children grinned at each other expectantly. The town of Montanar was quaint and beautiful. There was so much snow about that the children were amazed. Look, that whole car is covered with snow, exclaimed Wren. It's like a big white lump. That's a car, said Libby in surprise. I can't even see it. The streets were rather slippery from the ice and everyone inched along cautiously. Hold hands with Mom or hold on to the stroller, called Dad to the children. They made their way slowly to the hotel. The hotel window display was beautiful with tiny strings of light hanging down and little ceramic animals standing in cottonwool snow. The foyer was warm and welcoming and everyone was very glad to finally have arrived at their destination. They were all looking forward to being able to relax, have a nice meal and climb into warm beds in this exciting new place. When they reached it, Dad unlocked the door and the children entered the self-catering apartment and explored it in delight, throwing their backpacks down on their beds. They looked into the quaint bathroom, well-equipped little kitchen and bedrooms with snowy balconies. Wren flopped down on a bed contentedly. I think I'll go to sleep right now. Dinner first, grinned Mum. Hang in there, you'll feel better after a tasty meal. When the greys woke on Monday morning, the sun was shining brightly and reflecting off the pristine mounds of snow and ice. Wren pushed open her shutters and peeked out at the white world that lay outside. The snow was piled up about a foot high on the wooden balustrade around the balcony and on the tree branches. The children dressed as fast as they could and ran out into the snow. Jake flopped down into its softness and then got up and ran in slow steps which made him sink as he went. Wren was the first to pitch a snowball at Rome as he ambled ahead of her. It hit him squarely on the head and exploded all over his jacket with little wet flakes tickling his neck. He turned and chased Wren up the slope and they both slid and landed on their bottoms in the snow. Rome tossed a snowball at Wren and she scrambled up and ran as fast as she could. He soon caught up with her and squished a snowball down her neck. She screeched at the ice-cold wetness as it slithered down inside her shirt. Gotcha, grinned Rome as Wren glared at him. Jake started to pack snowballs into a pile and pelted both Wren and Rome with them, while Libby remained at a safe distance, laughing and occasionally throwing a snowball. Come in, you guys, laughed Mum. You're all going to be soaked through. 
Let's have breakfast and then head to a shop. That's all for now. See you next time.